am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this new year. Thank you for our lives. And as we hear your word, faith's going to come. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, And so, Lord, as our faith grows, that means, Father, our believing has a chance to grow. And as our believing grows, Father, we can trust your word and live it out in our lives. And so as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up to minister life to your people. And I thank you in advance that our lives will never be the same after having heard the word of truth. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Happy New Year to you. I am starting a new series that I know will change your life tremendously if you will activate what I'm going to teach you and apply it today. This series is entitled God First. Everybody say God First. God First. And let me just tell you up front, you don't put God first because he's already first. Even if he's not actively being first in your life, you don't put him first. What you do is dethrone whatever is first so he can be first. Amen. And the goal of the series is to help you and I become dedicated. Everybody say dedicated. Motivated and consistent in God being first in our lives. And so uh, we're going to look at two main verses today. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verses 20. Now, to help me kick off the lesson today, I need to share with you a journey that I'm on. Now, I want you to consider how I'm going to share my journey as if it's a modern-day parable. If Jesus was here on earth during this century, he would be talking about parables that relate to our current society. So I want you to view what I'm going to show you or teach you as a modern-day parable. And the reason I'm sharing this is is because I believe it's going to help me make the point of God being first and then drive home that point, okay? So I've, I've been in limbo for about, I don't know, four or five months on what style I want to wear my hair. I've been in limbo. One day I want to cut it real low so I won't have to deal with it. Then the next day I want to wear waves. And then the next day I even tried curls. Y'all remember that? Not I had curls over there at Seguin. I I tried to make that out. (sighs) Anyway, before I lose my man card, uh, I've decided... (laughs) I've decided to go the wave route. Now... So as I was researching the best way to start an effective wave journey, I ran across this video that had three principles in it 
that not only applies to having great waves, but this video also, these three principles, will help us get results in life. And then we're going to use these three principles that I'm going to show you in this video that will help us apply God being first in our lives. So I want our media department to just go ahead and hit the video. All right, YouTube, before you guys start getting waves and, and wanting to know what to do, you guys have to account for three main factors, all right? The three main factors are consistency, dedication, and motivation. Before you guys think about getting 360 waves, you first gotta be dedicated to it, all right? You gotta stay consistent. You gotta, this is repetition. This is like working out. This is like doing something so much that it causes you to progress, all right? Dedication, motivation. Grab motivation from anything, okay? It could be your favorite waiver. It could be dope waves. It could be a dope picture. It could be anything that motivates you to brush your hair it could be a new brush it could be anything all right this whole new journey should motivate you to brush so motivation dedication and consistency you need those before you start doing anything with waves all right everybody say dedication motivation and consistency now that's my motivation right there that's where i'm trying to go because, see, some of you all will look and go, Pastor, you have waves. I don't have waves. These are lines. And that's the problem with a lot of us. We want waves, but we're doing line work. So let's do this. Let's, 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 let's define these three words, and then I'm going to help you to apply them in seeking God first, okay? So the first word is dedication. Say dedication. Dedication. And this means to be wholly committed to something. It means to be devoted, okay? It's like, you know, a chicken lays an egg. He just sacrificed or he just gave you something, but he still is alive. But a pig, if you need bacon... He had to be wholly committed to the process. So dedication means to be wholly committed. Everybody say be wholly committed. And then motivation means to have a strong reason to do something. And I'm going to help you develop a strong reason of why you and I should put God, keep God first in our lives. So motivation means to have a strong reason to do something. And then number three is consistency. Say consistency. And this is a steadfast adherence to the same principles or a steadfast adherence to do the same thing. Everybody say repetition. And I believe if we first dedicate ourselves, because that's the first step. You have to first dedicate yourself to seeking God and keeping Him first in our lives. And then stay properly motivated. And as we do that, We'll be consistent and we'll see some results in our lives. So let's look at our foundational verses found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 24. Matthew 6, 24. Now, even though our focus verse for the morning and for the series is verse 33, I want to start in verse 24 because it begins the context 
for us to understand verse 33. In other words, we don't want to jump in the middle of something and start reading. We want to start at the top so we can get the whole concept and context of what God was saying. Now, in Matthew 6, 24, I'm reading out of the New King James Version this morning. It says this, No man can serve how many masters? Two masters. Now, I love the Living Bible translation of that one verse. It says, You cannot serve two masters, God and money. So the two masters that are being referenced right up at, at the front is God and money. And what, the, what Jesus is telling us is no one can serve both of them. Now, I want you to notice that God starts out with money being the problem where we typically start out with money being the solution. Oh, y'all didn't get that, did you? Okay, he said you cannot serve God and what? Money. Most of us, to solve our problems, we start with money. But God says you can't serve both of them. You can't be a master to both of them. And if that be the case, then in God's perspective, money is an enemy or it's an issue because if it's first, he's not. Amen. So up front, we're being challenged to who we're going to dedicate ourselves to. And many of us in this room, we're not dedicated to God and the things of God. We're halfway committed. We're the chicken. We lay an egg every now and then, come to church, lay an egg, then we go home. He goes on to say, for either he will hate the one. This is what happens when you try to love or have two masters. You will either hate the one and love the the other or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Watch this now. You cannot serve God and what? And mammon or money. Verse 25. Therefore, this is Jesus talking. He says, therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Wow. If Jesus is telling us to not worry about our lives, that means we have the ability to not worry. He says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they neither toil or spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed or arrayed like one of these. Watch verse 30. Now if God so clothed the grass that's in the field, which today is, and then tomorrow is turned into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, oh, you of little faith? Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know you had little faith. Verse 31, here we go. Therefore, do not what, class? Come on, class. Do not what? He said, therefore, do not worry. Now, how do you not worry? He's about to show us how not to worry. He says, don't worry, saying, in other words, you can tell when your worry has started, when your words have worry in them. Then he says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink and what kind of job I'm going to get and how I'm going to pay for daycare for my kids and I don't have diapers this week and my, my ex ain't paying child support and whatever your worry is, what we shall wear, the necessities of life, watch verse 32, 
For after all these things, these natural needs, the Gentiles or unbelievers seek. But your heavenly father knows that you have what class? You have need of how many of these things? All of these things. So now here is the solution. He says, but in contrast to all of that, he says, seek second. Come on, class. Seek what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And watch this. And all these things shall be added to you. Now, I love the amplified version. Listen to what it says. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, which is his way of doing and being right. And then, everybody say, and then. I mean, and then, and then when? And then after you do those things, after you seek him, after you aim at and you strive after and you do what his way of doing things are, he says then all of these things will be taken together, will be given you besides. So now let me point out the key reason or the main roadblock of why most people struggle or watch this, don't keep God first in most areas in their lives. Because I'm not just talking about in one area. Because you may have God first in one area. But he's not uh, first in another area. And next week. Because this week's message is all about motivation. That's what I'm trying to do today. Is to motivate you. To help you see. You need to keep God first. Next week is going to be a whole lot of application. So. The main reason why most people struggle. To keep God first in their life. Watch this now. It's because they don't have or they don't maintain motivation. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, you first of the year, I'm going to work out. And all we got to do is follow you for three days. <laughs> right? Motivation is the compelling reason why we do something. And so many believers find themselves, watch this now, feeling guilty Or feeling like a second class Christian because, listen, they think their love for God is the thing that ought to motivate them to keep God first in their life. But if your love for God was the pure motivation for keeping God first in your life, he would stay first in your life. So it's got to be something more than just my love for God that's going to keep me motivated to keep him first in my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe as we mature, our love for God and our desire to please Him would be that main motivator. But my question is, what do we do until then? Think about this. You may not love to work out, but you may love how it makes you feel or look. Are you with me? You may not like doing it but you like how it makes you feel or look in other words you love the benefits not the workout itself it's the same thing with seeking god and keeping him first you must have a compelling reason that motivates you to do it and my motivation as you saw was that waiver right now here's the million dollar question how do you and i get motivated and stay motivated to seeking God and keeping Him first in our lives. Let's go back now to Matthew 6.33 in the New King James Version. I'm going to show you today the motivating factor. 
I, I know you love God. We probably, everybody in here probably loves God. It may be at different levels, but at the end of the day, you wouldn't be here today if you didn't love God in some way, right? But it's not our love alone that will keep God first in your life and you function with him first in your life. There has to be something else. Well, it was spelled out in verse 33. It says this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The main key to us being motivated to seeking God and keeping him first in our lives and what causes us to to maintain that, watch this now, is if you see and understand that it will cause you to have an added to life. See, he says seek first the kingdom and then all these things will be added. So watch this now. So now my motivation should be when God is first in my life, He's going to add to my life. Now, I want you to flip that because if he's not first in your life, that means you're going to have a subtraction life. And this is why a lot of people lose things in life. The very thing you're trying to hold on to, you lose it. Why? Because that thing is what's first. And if God is not first, he says, look, I'll add these things if you seek me first, which means that if he ain't first, there are going to be some subtractions. Amen. What if I told you that when God is first in your life and if something came up in your life that you couldn't handle, something that represents your needs, what if I told you that God would always take care of that and you? Mm, I'm going to repeat that for your brain to just process that. Let me say it again. What if I told you that if... Something, if you had God first in your life and something came up in your life, an unexpected bill, an unexpected event, an unexpected something that represented a need in your life. What if I told you that when God is first in your life, God will always take care of that thing and you? Amen. When God is first in your life, He will take care of you and your life. And that should be the motivation that pushes us to keep him first. That's the motivation. The motivation is the promise that he made us that he will add to our lives if we make him or keep him first. And so what we're going to do this morning from this point on, we're going to look at some people's lives who had God first kept him first and sought him with all of their heart, we're going to see what the end result of their life looked like. Amen. Now, let me talk about something that I'm going to deal with next week just for a second. What about the consistency part? Because that's where most people have a problem is the consistency. Most people never remain consistent. Watch this now. Because they never seek first God long enough to see the ad to come through. I'm going to say it again. This is why most people, and I'm going to talk about it next week, on how to become consistent. But most people are not consistent. I want you to hear me. It's because they don't seek God first long enough to start seeing the ad to. Okay, I heard a story about a man in a desert. He was walking around. And he had ran out of water. He was about to dehydrate. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees this this covering, this makeshift structure, and 
he said, well, I'm going to try to get to it and see what's going on here. And he was right on the brink of dehydration. So he gets to this makeshift structure and discovers that under it, there's a pump. Well, he also sees a jar of water next to the pump. He said, whew, just what I needed. I'm going to die if I don't drink this water. So he picks up the jar of water and sees a note on the water. The sign or the note said, use this water in the jar to prime the pump. And when you've gotten enough more water from the pump, refill the jar, close it back up, and leave it for the next person. So now this man's in a dilemma. Do I obey the note? Do I submit? Do I believe in the promise of the add to life? Or do I just drink the water in the jar to satisfy myself right now? One of them will give me temporary satisfaction and the other one will give me a fulfillment because I can drink as much as I want. He said, what if I poured out all the water and didn't get a return? Was the worth, was it worth the risk or should he try? So he made a decision to do what the note said. He poured the water in the pump. Watch this now. And he started pumping. Pump once, twice, nothing's coming out. And see, that's what happened. Many of us, we don't see the add to life because we don't seek long enough to see the, the, the results. And so, but he pumped long enough to start seeing the results and water started coming out. And when you and I, the consistent part is if you just keep him first, consistently, the add to will come. Just like that water out of that pump finally came out because he kept pumping. Well, guess what? He pumped enough. He got, got all filled up and hydrated. And then he filled up because it said on the note to fill it up for the next person. So he filled the jar up. He put it under the note, but then he took the note and wrote on there, trust me, it really works. <laughs> well, I'm telling you today, everybody, that I've learned how to keep God first in my life. Trust me, it works. Everybody say, keep pumping. Look at your neighbor and say, keep pumping. Keep seeking. Amen. Most people never remain consistent because they never seek first long enough to see the benefits. That's why Galatians 6, 9 says this. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in putting or keeping God first. Let us not be weary in doing that. Watch this. For in due season you will reap. If you faint not, you will see the add to in your life if you will seek him first long enough. God is not a man that he should lie. And when you connect to God, and you keep him first, God will blow your little mind on what he can do in your life. Amen. My, I went to my wife uh, on January 1st. Was it January 1st? January 1st. And, uh, you know, she prophetically, and we prophetically said that this year is going to be a year of double. If you, listen, if you want to, if you want to, Put forth maximum capacity. I believe you will experience double in your life this year. And so that night when we had our deeper service, 
the Lord spoke to me on what to give for the offering. I told everybody, just give what God tells you. God gave me a number. Well, he put it in her mind too. We gave that number. We gave it. Before we left, we almost had double back. Before we left that night, we almost had double back. But in three days, everybody say three days. On the third day, he rose from the grave. He was in the grave one night, two nights, three nights, and he got up. I said he got up. Well, in three days, I had told her on January 1st, I said, babe, here's what we're going to do. Here's, here's part of the plan. Here's part of the vision. I said, one of the first things we're going to do this year is that we're going to pay off one of the cars. And uh, if we just did it normally, it was going to take 14 months. I mean, that was what the schedule, the, that was what the, the amortization schedule said. That debate, one, 12, 14 months. I said, we're going to do it in eight. But on the third day, I said, on the third day, on the third day, somebody had given us some more money and we have all the money to pay the car off this week. I'm telling you, if you will put God where he belongs and keep him first, he's going to add to your life. So let's go now because Proverbs 8, 17 confirms this God first thing. I'm reading it and it's talking about wisdom, but how many know wisdom comes from God? He says in Proverbs 8, 17, I love them, this is God or wisdom talking, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Watch this, riches and honor are with me. Yes, doable riches. Now the message translation of Proverbs 8, 17 says this, I love those who love me, those who look for me find me. Verse 18 says, wealth and glory accompany me. Also, substantial honor and a good name. Verse 19, my benefits are worth more than a big salary, even a very big salary. The returns on me, as God is saying, exceed any imaginable bonus. Seeking God and keeping him first pays off. Now, you may be saying, well, Pastor Evan, I'm already doing good. I got all my bills paid for, and I even like my job. I would say to you, what if God is trying to download in your heart a vision for a multi-million dollar business when you've gotten comfortable with a multi-thousand dollar job? So let's look at the first person. Let's go now to Second uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 31, Second Chronicles 31. Because Matthew 6.33 has already established the principle that when God is first, he adds to our life. Everybody say, when God is first, he adds to our life. When God is first, he adds to my life. Amen. Maybe you haven't gotten that promotion because your job is first and not him. Maybe you haven't gotten that mate as a single person. Because God knows when Mr. Mr. Handsome or Miss Pretty come into your life, they're going to be first place in your life. So why would God give you somebody who's going to take his place? So watch this now. The first person we're going to look at, his name is Hezekiah. It says in in verse 20, Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did that which was good, And right and true before the Lord his God. Remember now, the amplified version of Matthew 6.33 said that 
he says, seek first the kingdom of God, God's way of doing right and being right. And then verse 21 says here, And in every work that Hezekiah did, he began in the service of the house of God. Notice that his success was part of the, part of the house of God. In the law of the commandment, watch this, read it with me. To seek his God, he did it with how much? How much? All of his heart. And then what happened, class? What did he do? He prospered. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles 26. This young man that we're looking at, his name is Uzziah. Uzziah was 16 years old. And so I want to encourage you as a teenager, don't wait like most of us rusty old adults to wait to serve the Lord with all of your heart. Said, I, I got to have some fun first. You might die before that. This young man started serving God at 16 years old. Watch what it said. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign as a king. He reigned for 52 uh, years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he, Uzziah, did that which was what? Right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did. That's why men of God, we need to live right because we leave an inheritance of more stability to our children. Verse 5, watch this now. And he, Uzziah, what did he do, class? Two words, what did he do? Come on, class, what did he do? He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had an understanding of visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, as long as he kept God first, as long as he did that, God made him the what? Listen, it is impossible not to prosper when God is first in your life. So what did God cause him to do when he sought God? God made him the what? God made him to prosper. Now, I want you to remember three things because now we're about to read the list of things and achievements that this young man did. And I want you to remember three words as we read these things. Everybody say, and he prospered. Say it again. Say it again. And he prospered. So watch verse 6 now because it's about to break down some of his achievements. Verse 6 says, and he, Uzziah, he went forth. And he fought against the Philistines. Everybody say, and he prospered. Yeah, he fought against the Philistines and he prospered. Watch this now. He broke down the wall of Gad. Everybody say, and he prospered. So that's two things so far that's happened. He fought against the Philistines. He broke down the wall of Gad. He prospered. Watch this now. And the wall of Jebneh. Everybody say, and he prospered. And the wall of Ashad. Everybody say, and built cities about Ashad and, and among the Philistines. And God helped them against the Philistines and against the Arabians. He prospered. It even says in verse 8, And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. And he, and he prospered. If you just keep reading. It says he strengthened himself exceedingly, which means that he prospered. Verse 9 says Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate. That means he prospered. And at the valley gate, that means he's prospered. And at the turning of the wall, that means he's prospered. And what I'm trying to get you to see is that whatever your hands do when God is first in your life will prosper. 
Why? Because he's first. And see, now when he's first, he's partnering with you now. That's why he says, listen, don't worry about your enemies when I'm first in your life. Because what I will do is prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And I will watch them, let them watch you eat what I blessed you with. So does it sound like Uzziah prospered? And that's what I'm trying to get you to see. That if you will start this year with God being first in every area of your life. And I'm going to explain because there are four main areas that I'm going to tell you about next week. That I believe if you will maintain him being first in those four areas, that your life will prosper. And I declare over you in Jesus' name today that as you seek God first and you keep him first in 2020, that 2020 will be a year of adding double for your life. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be what? I believe this year will be an adding. I declare added blessings. I declare added peace. I declare added bonuses. I declare added promotions. I declare added help. I declare added homes. I declare added cars. I declare added grants. I declare added scholarships. I declare added favor. I declare added, listen, employees. I declare added contracts in Jesus' name. What's the first step? You have to be dedicated. One of the steps, and I'll explain it further next week. In order to have a successful wave journey, you have to be dedicated to brushing your hair. This, a wave cap is deceptive. It doesn't put waves on your head. You see people with these wave caps, ain't nothing under there. If you're not brushing, if you're not dedicated to brushing, all you are is just using that wave cap as a covering. To get waves and not lines, I'm going to have to brush and brush and brush and brush and keep on brushing. I'm tired of brushing and I'm just on day six. But I go back to my picture. Can you put my picture back up there? Can you put my I go back to that. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You got to be dedicated. So today, watch this now, is Rededication Sunday. So with every head bowed, don't worry about what you didn't do last year, what didn't happen last year, what you could have done last year, what you should have done last year. Last year is gone. I want to challenge you to dedicate God being first in your life this year today. And I want you to find something, a journal, put it in your Bible, put it in your phone. I want you to write down somewhere that today I've dedicated my life to putting and keeping God first. Father, in Jesus' name, the word has gone forth. Thank you for the word. And I pray in Jesus' name it will bring transformation 
into our lives. Let it bring conviction. And Father, as we learn what what it means to seek you first and what you being first, as we learn it, I thank you that we'll just begin to align up our lives because we already know that when you're first, you will add to our lives. And I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Whatever here still about, what a day to get saved. Here's my question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven?